Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 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 Every single person I mentioned won a championship in their careers. The Rich Eisen Show. That's what the legacy is at stake for Lamar Jackson. Mr. Not quarterbacky enough. I felt like if we wouldn't turn the ball over, we definitely would have had a shot. The NFC Championship game will forever be remembered for the decisions that Dan Campbell made in the second half. Just crushing you. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight Podcast host, Chris Long. Still to come. Super Bowl champion offensive tackle, Mitchell Schwartz. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Uh, yes, hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great chat with Chris Long in our first hour. If you missed it, our podcast is going to be there for you all three hours, as it is every single day through the Cumulus Podcast Network. Overreaction Monday will be out there for your ear gate, to use a Michael Irvin phrase. Um, later on today, What the Football with Susie and Amy will check everything in all the boxes of Championship Sunday and get you set for Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the Niners. How about them apples? We got that done um, from uh, week one all the way. You know, it's kind of wild. Um, I looked it up because I was starting to prepare for um, a Lions victory <laughs> with them being up 17 at half. Were you going to book Eminem? Uh, <laughs> I did already reach out to Liz saying we've got to get Eminem. I did. Yep. So that was one of the things. And then I reached out to NFL Network Research saying, I don't believe uh, in the 20 years that the NFL created a construct of having a kickoff game where it's one standalone game to kick off a season before the weekend hits, mm -hmm. uh, the Thursday after Labor Day, that um, I don't believe we've ever had a kickoff game be a preview of the upcoming Super Bowl. We've never had the first game of a season wind up being a Super Bowl preview of that season. It's never happened. Yeah, because normally it's not interconference. Usually it's AFC, AFC, or NFC, or NFC, it, usually. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's some. Well, I mean, it was Bills and, and Rams. I mean, we, we, we've had that. That's true. It really is just a matchup that's random that the NFL cooks up to say, hey, um, this should be of interest to you. And and this year everyone's like, why are you putting the lines out there? And then we saw, you know, what happened. We were very close to having not only the first ever kickoff of a season wind up being a season preview and it usually wouldn't happen because you normally don't get one of the same teams back in the in the Super Bowl in back-to-back -back years as we just did with the Chiefs NFL Network research confirmed we've never had anybody play each other in week one at any point in time in week one Thursday Sunday Monday never ever was there a season where a week one matchup 
proved to be a preview of that year's Super Bowl. Wow. We came that close. And Lions fans right now are like, yeah, Rich, uh, you know, take your factual nuggets and stick it where the sun doesn't shine because <laughs> they thought, Lions fans thought, and I don't blame them, that this thing looked really good for them because the Lions came out and it took them less than a minute and a half to hit the Niners directly in the mouth and take out one of their kneecaps and kept on hitting the Niners over and over again. Took a two-score lead and then wound up taking, after the Niners scored a touchdown, a 17-point lead at half. And as I said in hour one, I'll repeat it here. If you're a Lions fan and you're like, you know, you went mostly full Hasselbeck. The full Hasselbeck will say, I'll take the ball, oh, we're going to score, score, and then, and then, then not. Yeah. But they took the ball, they scored. They're saying to the Niners, we know you love having the opportunity to score on either side of halftime. Here you go. You, you We are going to take the ball first, and you can have what you love to do in terms of game planning. And the Niners wind up not only not scoring right before halftime because the Lions kick a field goal to go up 17 right before halftime. Instead of going for it on fourth down, put a pin in that. And then the Lions come out of the locker room on defense and hold the 49ers to a field goal themselves. The Lions, in getting the ball and giving the ball to the Niners right after halftime and giving them the opportunity to score on either side of halftime, they won that decision 7-3. to three. They got seven by right off the bat, took the lead, and the Niners only got three. They didn't score right before half, and they only scored three right after half. It's all working. And the three that the Niners get makes it a 14-point game. And you're dominating the line of scrimmage, and sure enough, to start the second half yourselves on offense, you start driving the football. You get the ball into field goal range yourself. And it's fourth and short. And you've got the ball on the San Francisco 28-yard line. And you are up 24-10. to 10. And what do you do if you're Dan Campbell? On a seven-play drive. You go for it. Instead of getting the three points, they go for it and they throw the ball to Josh Reynolds and the ball's very catchable and he doesn't grab it. And what do the Niners do with that opportunity? They score a touchdown. Now then, let's put a little bit more meat on the bones here. So instead of it's, you know, instead of kicking the field goal from there, it's a 45-yarder. You should make those in the day and age of kicking field goals in the 45-yard field goal range, right? You'd be going up 17 points, and you'd look at the Niners and go, great job. You got the ball first to get the second half. No blood, as they do in Vegas. Taking a break. Midway through the third quarter, we now only have a quarter and a half to go to go to the Super Bowl. You haven't gotten any closer. We're going to kick the ball deep. You've got to drive the length of the field now on our defense. Instead, 
The offense comes back. The defense is feeling good about themselves, even though it was a drop pass. And, you know, some of the SOL stuff happened. Lions fans knows what that stands for. Same old Lions. Nah. No, 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 no. I mean, Purdy throws one up top. It's really like a jump ball. And he, it, it's it's worse than a jump ball if you're San Francisco because it looks a little airmailed over Ayuk's head. I mean, if you take a look at the snapshot of Kendall Vindor having the ball basically in between his hands, <laughs> Yep. And that that turned out to be a 51-yard reception for the 49ers. I mean, the ball pinballed in between, like, caromed off, off of his hands and his head and all that stuff. Look at this photograph on the screen. This that. wound up being a 51-yard grab for Ayuk. <laughs> for the other guy. And the ball <laughs> is encircled in Vindor, Vil, pardon, Vildor's hands. What a photo. I, 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 honestly. Wow. That ball did not belong to the Lions. It belonged to the 49ers. And then Purdy made a dot of a touchdown pass, and it's a one-score game. And then the Lions get the ball back, and their studly running back, Jameer Gibbs, who scored before to make it a 17-point game, was part of at least the 17-point halftime lead. He fumbles. And then... Short field for the Niners, and now you got a tie game. And that decision to not kick the field goal and go for it on fourth down looms that much larger. Now, did Dan Campbell say, all right, when we're going for it, you're going to drop the pass, and then you're going to fumble, and then you're not going to grab an interception that's damn near in your hands. You're encircling the football. It's going to go to Ayuk. Of course not. But it does open the door for that sort of stuff. Instead, you're putting the defense out on the field, and I know they don't think that way. They think we're aggressive, we're going for it. And that happened again. After the Niners took a lead, and the Lions respond with a nice drive again. And it's fourth and three at the San Francisco 30, just two further yards back than the previous going for it. So it's a 47-yard field goal to tie the game with 7.32 to go. They go for it again. And this one was even worse. I mean, uh, the play is blown up. Goff's running for his life. He just flips the ball in the air. And San Francisco had just kicked a field goal to take the lead. And he doesn't tie it. Listen. I, I know the reason why they're here. And I know it's part of the reason why, wait for it, this guy's going to be coach of the year, I think, in a couple Thursdays. Everyone should get ready for the quarterback that lost the AFC championship game to Mahomes is going to be the MVP. And the coach that just made these decisions that a lot of people are laying the Lions lost in the NFC championship game at the feet of these decisions I think he's going to win coach of the year. And he's been stellar. And part of the reasons why is because he got to where he got them to where they are in many ways, as people are saying, because of this style of coaching. But even he earlier in the game at the end of the first half took the points with a field goal. 
because it was the smart thing to do. Take the points. Don't go for it and leave the three on the field. You could go up 21. Sure, 17's good enough. Still three scores. You're sending the team to the locker room down 17, their home locker room. You're sending them there down 17. You're keeping them completely down and maybe not feeling any hope because they stop one play. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. And I understand there's some analytics saying, go for it, you you, you convert here. I just don't get it. Not everything needs to be at Spinal Tap 11. Sometimes the music's just as good when you turn it down to 9 or 8. You can still hear the lyrics and the beat and you got, you know, a good groove going on. And I said it last hour, I'll say it again. The Brett Favre interception when he was a Minnesota Viking. I thought the exact same thing. Did you really? That whole game, absolutely. The Brett Favre interception that he threw that cost the Vikings a chance to go to the Super Bowl sent the Saints to the Super Bowl. Because it's a great soundbite by Paul Allen. Paul Allen, I think it was at K-Fan. Is that what it is? He's been the Vikings play-by-play guy. Anyway, he's a Vikings play-by-play announcer. He screams out, like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't the Detroit Lions. And his point wasn't to slag on the Lions. That was just his way of shorthanding to say, this isn't just a regular season game. This is the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's not week seven. Right. You know. So just because you did it in week yep. seven doesn't mean you do it in the NFC Championship game. Yep. That's my two cents on it. And Dan Campbell knows he's opening himself up to this second guessing. This is what he had to say after the game. Yeah, I just felt really good about us converting and... uh getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know. And it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. We wasn't able to to work out, but I just, I don't, I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. Oh, man. I And I love this guy. He's just, wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's, you know, I know he's got the reputation that came out of the gate as not being a thinking man, but he is. He he's he's got the smarts. That's you don't you don't just get to his position and get the team to this spot. Well, you can see why guys love playing for this. Exactly. Team, and by the way, I just want to also say the team loves it because I'm sitting there thinking, what are some of these guys thinking that there's some fast and loose being played? Yeah. Well, and I'm sure there's some analytics saying it's not so fast and loose. Like if he had gotten that fourth down conversion here or there and they kept the ball, they could have gone up three score, well, all that business. Or the upper hand as he's referring to it. Jared Goff loved it. This is what he had to say after. As a player, how do you factor it? Love in? it. What's it like playing for Love a coach it. that keep, always keep wants us to out there? Love it. We should convert. Is it, what's it mean overall to a team when a coach does that all year long? Yeah, he believes in us. He believes in us and 
I don't I don't know what the numbers are, but we had a lot of big time conversions this year that changed games, and um, I don't know what we were today. I, I don't know if we I know we had the two we didn't convert. I don't know if we had any others we did, but um, yeah, I can change a game if you convert them, and, and uh, we didn't, and uh, that's that's part of the reason why we lost. And also at the end of the game, when they needed ten points to tie, and um, and it was third and goal from the one, and they needed to preserve all three timeouts left because if they used one of those timeouts, they would then have to rely on an onside kick if they scored. Because if they didn't get the onside kick, those timeouts wouldn't get them the football back. Game's on the line at this point in time. And um, they ran it. Uh, I'm, and, and Ben Johnson, potentially, by the way, looks like he's, he's the next coach of the coach. Washington Commanders. Yeah, he's going to be a coach right? this week. He, he, just, he called a run. And I, I, if I'm the head coach, I'm getting on the headset saying, we are not running. Yeah. Let's figure out a play. We got Laporta. We got Saint, as they referred to him. And 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 they ran it, and they had to burn a timeout, and that was basically the game. And what do you do? I thought you kicked the field goal now, maybe well, just I, to get the points. And he went for it yeah. there, and they got a touchdown, and it worked. Right, and it kept them in the game. So now the onside kick happens. You could get just a couple of snaps, and you're you're maybe. in range to to tie this game. And uh, you know the onside kick, I I. It's just an abomination now. Like it does, it's a rule. waste of time. That rule. I, I actually thought there was about a minute and a half left, and they were on the 20, 25. I'm like, kick the field goal now. There's still a minute and a half left, and you have all three timeouts. More time. Now, we spoke about this earlier with Chris Long. He called that timeout, that, that run play and timeout, unforgivable. That's the one that he's really laying at the feet. Yeah of uh, the coaching staff, because that one would have to say is collective decision with the OC and the DC, I, I mean, in the HC, right? Uh, I, again, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm a gut feel guy more than anybody. And I understand analytics play a role here. That fourth and two play when you're up by 14, that one I can somewhat understand. The one I couldn't understand is why aren't you going for the tie? And if you go up in the one that you you turn down to go up 17, to me, you're also turning to the Niners and saying, okay, we just wait. You just wasted a half of the third quarter. Good luck. You're down 17 again. You're going to have to score three times. But that one, even that one, you can convert it. You're still up 14. You're not thinking there's going to be some dipsy do play where you should pick it off. And instead, it's a 51 yard grab for your opponent. You don't think your rookie running back's going to fumble it. You don't think any of that stuff's going to happen. And, of course, it just magnifies the decision when that stuff happens. Though I don't get the one at the end. How are you not tying this game and saying with 7.32 to go, you know, your turn? And put the pressure on Purdy here. Instead, you put Purdy back on the field with a lead? Of course he's going to play fast and nice and easy, don't you think? Well, the game on the line, now you need to you need a score. This one, it's just like scoring is a cherry on top. Man, what a way for this season to end. And and the the future's bright. I know he was really honest after the game. I just and I, I love everything about him. I love everything about him. Being honest after the game, seeing totally guys, I don't know if we're ever gonna get back here, but I think we can. The only way that we can is if you work your ass off in the offseason. You gotta, you know, the the all grit. 
message. And did you see the video of him? I saw this one on IG today of him putting his arm around Teddy Bridgewater walking out oh, the building. Yeah. Did you I see that? Because Bridgewater's yeah. going to retire. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, he, he knows everything about what it's like to be a, a, a player in this league and a warrior and an all-grit guy. Lions fans, I, 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 I feel for you. Again, this photograph on the screen of, of Vildor having the ball in between his arms, like encircling it. And Ayuk is as far away from that ball as you possibly can get, and he's about to catch it for 51 yards and change the whole game. And that's the SOL stuff. That's the SOL stuff that Lions fans can't can't uh, abide, and I don't blame them. We'll take a break. 844-204-RICH. Phone calls, and yes, we turn our attention to the defending Super Bowl champs. And everyone should get used to it. Next two weeks is going to be all about that. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we're back here on the program. Um, let's go to take a quick call here. Nathan in Los Angeles. We'll take your phone call. What's up, Nathan? Hey, Rich. Good to talk to you. What's going on? How are you? How are you? Just had an interesting little thought uh, between now and the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You think Kelsey might pop the question? Just saying. Brockman, are you you're you're thinking about this too, right? Uh, I mean, I I think I brought this up months ago, where I was like, like pull a Boise State. If you're thinking about the dream scenario for the league, it's the Chiefs, league. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift on the podium, Lombardi in one hand, diamond in the other. And she says no. What? She says no. How could it possibly get better than that for everybody involved? And then sings a song about Travis. Right? Well, I, again, I, I personally um, don't think the league cares. I completely disagree. The league does not oh, they would want Rich. <laughs> Come on. Let me tell you doesn't what the league wait, does not doesn't care about. Doesn't care about what? Doesn't care if Taylor Swift is going to pro- be proposed to or not. Like honestly, they care about everything Taylor Swift. It's it's all together. Well, yes. I mean the, the the social media accounts do. 
I mean, what do you think? Am I saying that they're trying to say Taylor Swift has brought $331 million in revenue to the NFL? I don't understand how that's tracked or how they can prove that's true. I don't know either. I don't know either. I mean, it's entirely possible. Thanks for the call, Nathan. You know, it's entirely possible that more Kelsey jerseys have been sold because there's a bunch of kids, you know. uh, My Taylor told me that she's a Chiefs fan, and I'm like, oh, is it because of Taylor Swift? And she sits there and she goes, no, I just love Patrick Mahomes. I swear to God, this happened. And I, but I think she might have discovered Mahomes because of. because Taylor Swift was at the first few games. She's not sitting there wondering where's Taylor Swift now. No, no. What? It's funny. Like yesterday during game day morning, Ian Rappaport, because again, it's a six-hour show. Back on the Rich Eisen show, eight four four two zero four Rich number to dial here on the show. Um, and we were just talking about the Taylor Swift um, stories or whatever exactly. that's swirling, right? And um, so Ian Rappaport on game day morning, it was a six-hour show. He was giving a whole bunch of reports mm-hmm. that one would think were more um, his style, to yeah. use that phrase. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Okay. Um, that uh, he, he was outside of coaching carousel and injury reports and whatever. He mentioned that he's he has gotten word that if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, which they now have, she would be able to make the game despite having a concert in Tokyo the Saturday night before. That time zones and everything else and modern jet travel would get her to Las Vegas in time for the game. And I just basically said afterwards, I'm like, oh, great. Ian, thank you. And later on, Ian will be back with more news of interest to my 10-year-old daughter, including whether chicken tenders will be on the menu for dinner tonight. I heard that, I yes. I, I honestly don't think the league cares. If, <laughs> if, if, if Honestly, I don't. Obviously, why, why is he doing that report then? Yeah. Well, I, uh, it's, it's not the league. You're, you work for the NFL Network. Do you think the league says the NFL Network, we need a report on Taylor Swift and gives it to him? I mean, owners got stories taken here. off of NFL.com. So, I mean. Chris, please don't go here right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying, I mean, like, don't be, uh, don't be ridiculous. I'm not being ridiculous. You're saying the league doesn't care. I'm saying the league is not calling the. Uh, no, I. That's my opinion. We can argue that, but I will sit here and absolutely push back. The NFL is not telling us what what report is going to be had by Ian Rappaport on game day morning. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they are. You just did. No, I did. I did not. Uh, I'm saying that to say that they don't care is. It's, it's kind of preposterous. Okay. Like, like, obviously they I, care, but it's a huge story. It's a huge deal. Whether she's she the most pre- famous person in the planet. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's important that she's at the game. I, I if, think if her it, team makes it. I think the league loves the fact that she's there. I think that works, too. Okay, the then, then why are you getting mad at me? Because that, that's getting, not what I'm saying. I got mad at you because you made it seem like Ian Rappaport was told by the NFL you're giving a report on game day morning about Taylor Swift. He probably just got the information, and it is of interest to a lot of people. Yeah ton of people okay uh, i mean it is a six-hour broadcast i, I know gotta, that gotta that's why time, i joked about I, that's why i joked about the chicken tenders uh, sam in kansas city you're here on the rich eisen show what's up sam oh uh, hey rich how you doing how are you my call what's on your mind uh so first of all i just want to say i'm very happy that uh we're currently living in the version of reality uh where the chiefs have made the super bowl four years out of five uh, very happy to be in this parallel universe. Um, second thing is, 
Uh, I was at a bar in Kansas City watching the game, and when Lamar threw that interception in the end zone, people in the bar uh, started chanting MVP for Lamar. Um, oh, boy. Which I thought was pretty funny. Um, so, I mean, what do you think of the playoff Lamar narrative? Does he have to make the Super Bowl at this point to um, shake that? And um, what do you think of the Ravens uh, being coming up short and – playing the way they did yesterday. Well, Sam, first of all, congratulations on living during uh, a dynasty because that's what you're doing right now. And um, and I don't think anybody thought in their wildest dreams that when Andy Reid and the Chiefs traded up to go get Patrick Mahomes, that would be the birth of a dynasty. Fittingly enough, fitting, fittingly enough, by the way, um, drafting him in Philadelphia, Andy Reid's old former place of business, then thanks for the call. I'll talk about the Ravens later on this hour, but mentioning the chiefs now um it is tough to watch this and not think we are witnessing an inevitable result with all due respect to the san francisco 49ers tom brady got beaten in super bowls three times he won seven of them as we all know and including one in which he looked as unbeatable as possible going in as an undefeated team in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy to say out loud that that actually happened. But we're, we're witnessing here is maybe the most impressive run the Chiefs have been on in his six years Mahomes as starter with Reed and Kelsey all together. Because this team looked dead to rights as a team with a ton of holes, as a team that could not do what the Chiefs do best, which is put points on the board because Mahomes' weapons were letting him down. That's why I thought he went ham on the officials and on anybody within the sound of his voice from Josh Allen to members of the media <laughs> after Kadarius Tony's foot was properly called offsides to wipe out a touchdown against the Bills. And I thought he went ham there because he couldn't do it at his teammates because that ain't him. Nor was it him to go up to Josh Allen, his golfing buddy and partner, and basically say to him, we got screwed when Allen had just come up with one of the best regular season wins of his career. Yes, at the Chiefs' expense, but... Sure enough, this team is still the champions because two things. One, they haven't been beaten yet in the playoffs. And two, they look it. They look it on all three phases, all three phases. Butker's making kicks. Townsend's down in punts inside, you know, killing punts inside the five. And Mahomes and Kelsey and this offense are coming out a house of fire. They took care of business in Buffalo and in the first half against Baltimore. They were killing it. They were crushing it. They came out with a 10-play drive to start it. And then after the Ravens eventually tied a game, after going three and out in their first possession, Mahomes goes 16 yards down the field, 16 plays down the field, 
and Kelsey is leading the way. And Pacheco and Rasheed Rice and Reed is dialing it up and Clyde Edwards-Alaire is running it too. Justin Watson's there every now and then. MVS. Uh, it's just they, they, they look like the champs again. Again. And Mahomes is in the rarefied air. This is why I said, who needs it more for, for his legacy? I mean, you want to talk about legacy. He's setting a standard for legacy right now. In terms of making four Super Bowls before the age of 30, he's the only guy. Nobody else. Nobody else has done that. Four Super Bowl appearances now before the age of, of, of 30. Also, in terms of playoff victories, he's gotten 14. Only behind Brady and Montana. Third quarterback to start four Super Bowls in a five-season span, joining Brady and Jim Kelly. Fourth Super Bowl start behind only Brady and John Elway. And then up on the screen here, what he is doing through age 28, he is way ahead of Tom Brady's pace at this point in time. He has 74 regular season wins to 58 for Brady, but when it all counts, he's got four more playoff wins, one more Super Bowl appearance, as many Super Bowl MVPs. He could surpass that of Brady by age 28. He could surpass or he could tie Brady in terms of Super Bowl wins. Brady didn't win an MVP award through age 28. So if he ever wants to catch Tom Brady, this, anybody wants to catch Tom Brady, that's the way you start. Now, obviously, it's how you finish. It's how you finish. And this is what Mahomes had to say about making another Super Bowl. Uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't take it for granted either. Um, you never know how many you're going to get to um, if you're, or if you're going to get to any. Um, and so it truly is special. Um, just to do it with these guys after what we've been through all season long, guys coming together, um, it really is special. But uh, I, I told them, I mean, the job's not done. I mean, our job now is to prepare ourselves to play a good football team in the Super Bowl and try to get that ring. And again, he's now in matter-of-fact mode, okay? He's now in matter-of-fact mode. Because greed, for the lack of a better phrase, is good when it comes to what we're seeing. And he's got a running mate. Boy, does he have a running mate. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, what Travis Kelsey's doing, I don't think folks maybe understand. Listen, when NFL Network started and we were 20 years ago and throughout – the first several years of NFL Network, we kept on having, you know, all-time this, you know, all-time teams this and all-time greats that. Way before Brady did anything beyond his young years that we just showed Mahomes has surpassed through age 28. I mean, Brady's the GOAT. Referred to as the GOAT now by everybody. TikTok, name it. Way back in the day, Jim Brown and Jerry Rice were those two guys. Jerry Rice is basically the standard that you want to follow if you catch a ball for a living. He now has more playoff receptions in NFL history, Travis Kelsey, than Jerry Rice. That's happened. This kid from Ohio, 
Tight end. With 11 catches on 11 targets yesterday. I mean, he's got now eight 100 or more receiving yard games in his playoff career. That's tied for first. And he's behind Rice in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. He's three behind Jerry in terms of receiving touchdowns. It's nuts. This is not normal. He now has six touchdowns in conference championship games. That's more than John Stallworth now for most all time. He's putting himself in, in, in company that nobody thinks a tight end can. And with all due respect to Tony Gonzalez, either. And then there's the defense, too. On top of it, backing this whole play. Because the Chiefs, and I'm sure this will be parsed over the next two weeks, have some issues scoring points after halftime. As a matter of fact, they didn't score after halftime yesterday. And the defense made the 17 points that the Chiefs put up on the board in the first half stand up. Legereus Sneed, who... Tyree Kill admitted at what he jammed him to Cancun. <laughs> he said he set his butt to right. Cancun. Lejarius Need gives up the big play to Zay Flowers in the third quarter, and Flowers does the the silly thing of spiking the ball on top of him or near or near his head or and you know making it an easy call for the officials. I think when the when when you're standing over, that's one thing. When you're standing over, and then you. Th- I mean, the taunting rules basically was created because guys were spiking footballs nearby. It was interesting enough as well. A 100,000 liked tweet came from Joe Burrow saying, let the guys taunt. <laughs> it's interesting. But at any rate, Sneed gives that one up. A couple snaps later, Zay Flowers looks like he is easy to score. It's He's running right across, and Sneed is trailing in coverage. And Zay Flowers leaps for the end zone and puts the ball out towards the goal line, and Sneed knocks it loose. By the way, great call by the official on the spot. I thought, let's take a look. Maybe he did get in there. Not even close. I mean, he was a full half yard. Official nailed it in real time. Man. Real time. I mean, that changed the whole game. Sure did. Turnover. Right there. And Karloftis is... um, is everywhere. And, you know. The sack fumble on Lamar earlier. Deion Bush, who snagged the last interception when Lamar threw it into triple coverage. And um, he was cut by the Chiefs, brought on by the practice squad. You know, his wife apparently um, is a reporter or an uh, an anchor for NBC Sports Boston. They just had their first kid. He's been away from the kid. Amazing. Uh, for a month, for six weeks, and he's just he's just trying to make plays whenever he gets in there for the Chiefs. He makes a play. They are amazing. And the Niners, this just didn't, have got their work cut out for him. And, and, and I, I understand there's going to be Mahomes fatigue. There already is. Uh, and, and, and Cooper, my 12-year-old, is just like, Dad, it's the Chiefs again. And I'm like, it's let me just, tell you something it's just about like the Patriots. I said, let me tell you yeah. something about the team you root for. Yeah. Once upon a time, when you were too young to remember, 
because bless him, he started rooting for this team towards the end of the the Brady era. And I'm like, America was <laughs> sick and tired true. of Belichick and Brady. And he kind of was confused that Gronk didn't arrive till later in Brady's career. I had to explain to him. Like, he didn't have Gronk. Then he was really confused when I told him that Gronk is Kelsey's age and he doesn't play anymore. So, um, Beat up. but I, I, I'm like, hey, it used to be this way for New England. And the fact that I'm even in the realm of equating the Chiefs to those Patriots teams just confirms this is a dynasty. It's being born. I used that phrase on Twitter and I got lit up. What do you mean born? We've been there. I'm like, no, 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 no. When you do this going back-to-back Super Bowls and you go to four and five years, even three and four years, you could be considered dynastic. But when you do it like this, when you struggle and everybody thinks you're about to get got and you go on the road and you knock off the two seed and then the one seed Mm -hmm. in your first such true road playoff games you've had in this entire streak where you've been living in an arrowhead bubble, supposedly, and unable to maybe answer the call when crowd is nuts and the environment is tough. And they go in and do this in back-to-back weeks. And Kelsey, when he supposedly, you know, less than, shadow of his former self, he's dropping balls, You know, right-wingers are saying it's because he's getting shots in the arm or he's too busy, you know, being in love with Yoko Swift. You know, whatever you want to say. Commercials. He's going out, and Ma'auto was driving right down the throats of the Ravens' defense, catching every single one of his targets, including one that Mahomes threw up in the air after a nine-second scramble, and he made a gorgeous two-handed grab of. Gives you the sense of an invincible team. That's where we're at with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, no doubt. We'll take a break. The Baltimore Ravens, when we come back, we'll talk about them. Your phone calls. We've got my top five moments of championship weekend. That's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on the program. Um, Let's go to, let's see where we're going here. Yeah, your pick. Derek in Missouri. What's up, Derek? Hey, Rex, or should I say, your honor. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. So, when I last week spoke last week, I uh, said the unpredictability of these two games were going to be a uh, bit of an enigma. Yesterday was the uh, clear-cut case of what they were. I mean, you know, that 4-2 that the Lions went for, Rich, I had a gut feeling this was going to go into the Niners' direction. Sure enough, it did. And Brendan Ayuk is handed the very most late Christmas gift he could ever receive to where the ball bounces off the Lions player's face mask and just drops right into his hands. It was just one of those chaotic days that we could all relive for the foreseeable future. And with Casey and Baltimore, you know, you're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes when he completes his first 11 passes and Travis Kelsey and him are just dialed in. It was Zay Flowers. Use your head. You're a rookie, but then again, you got to focus and not let the emotions of the game get to you like this. And karma is a reality when it comes to moments like that. A few plays later, when the ball comes out of his hands, when all of a sudden, with Jerry Sneed, who he has a said talking play on, forces a fumble. Crazy. Just one of those days. No, I know, man. I, I hear you. And um, it was exactly one of those days. And you could kind of see it. You could kind of see it right from jump that it was one of those days. Absolutely. Thanks for the call, Derek. Appreciate it. He's also referring to my uh, stint as back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the show. Let's talk Ravens. You could see it, three and out. Ravens go three and out, and it's just like, uh-oh, okay. Really? Mahomes then gets on the field, 10-play yeah. drive, oh, touchdown. Man. Marched. But then Lamar makes starts making throws, right? Well, they immediately came back and Boom. hit the 40-yarder. Correct. Yeah. And like, then, okay, game time. Let's go. And then 16-play drive, Yeah. up 14-7. And the thing I would just will never understand, I, I, again, I'm not a play caller. I'm not an X's and O's guy. I'm, I'm a, as you know, I'm a, I'm a narrative guy. I'm a storyline guy. I'm a guy who, who can just see it, you know, when I see it. It, it just looked like Lamar... Couldn't find his receivers easily enough. He wasn't seeing it well enough. You know, when 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 you see one of the best offensive plays of the half is a, a 13-yard gain to himself. <laughs> that play that was, was crazy. Amazing. You know, like <laughs> that was out of nowhere. That was one of the that was one of the best plays of the of of the half. Obviously, the ones that scored, t- you know, on the touchdown drive were better. But other than that, they weren't getting many positive yards. Well, wasn't he the leading passer, receiver, and rusher for the Ravens in the first <laughs> half? Well, again, the, the fact that they finished up with six running plays to running backs. Ugh. When Zay Flowers had one fewer run than Justice Hill and one fewer run than Gus Edwards, and the Chiefs were coming in off of a performance in Buffalo where the Bills, certainly in the first half, had some success running the ball. 
it's just like I, you got to wonder how that happens. How does that happen? You know, what happens there? And, you know, after the game, John Harbaugh basically said that's the way it, that's the way it went. And I'm sure he'll look at Todd Monken at some point, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Did coaches have these conversations? They must. Like, what What? What happened? Six rushes. Certainly when Lamar is, is running for his life or yeah, unable to find these receivers and it didn't look crisp at all. Yeah. And then, the city defense looked great. Well, couldn't get Mark Andrews. Well, the defense going. looked great in the second half, but then the defense made these bonehead 15-yarders that are so easy to call. Certainly if... If Warren Sharp of Sharp Football was tweeting it out and you were talking about it last week. It was a big this, story, yeah. That this officiating crew yeah. oh, that's right. is flag happy against home teams. Yep. Then you know John Harbaugh knows this. And you know he's told his team, mind your P's and Q's here. And then when the chippiness that was starting pregame between three Hall of Famers in Justin Tucker, who decides to warm up and stretch right before the goal line of the Chiefs where Pat Mahomes is going through Pat and goes and putting his, you know, like the tea, holding triangle yeah, yeah. right in Mahomes' area and... Kelsey takes all of Tucker's gear and throws them away, and Mahomes picks it up. James Palmer of NFL Network yeah. caught this video. We led our sixth and final hour of coverage about this. It went crazy. We scrapped viral. our rundown. Yeah. So you know the chippiness is happening, and Legarius Sneed and and uh, Millett went at it. Yep. So when Kelsey's barking at the Ravens, just walk away or just. <laughs> You know, what are you doing? I don't know. Van Noy goes up and headbutts him. <laughs> and Kelsey starts laughing because I bet you, I bet you, the Chiefs were talking all week about which Ravens they could light up and light the fuse. And I bet you Van Noy was one of them. Bait him. And they did it. Yeah. And then another moment where was it Jones who who smacked Mahomes in the face? Like he kind of did like a and, backhand and then line. Clowney as he's coming yeah. in looks like he lowered his helmet a little bit and and gave him a little bit of the business with his helmet. Like on Mahomes, you're going to try this. Right. Roquan Smith jumps the snap and smokes the guard in front of him. Another easy one. These are all easy calls. Easy calls. Hands to the face. All these things. It was so unravens-like for this to happen. And as a, a former Patriot, you wouldn't suspect Kyle Van Noy would be the guy who would. Yeah, right. Because right? it always seems like your guys, Chris, know They better know what you're not to, supposed to yeah. do. And what gets the eye of the official. And that's the way the Ravens go out. It's disappointing. I don't compute it. Other than the fact that the Chiefs had their number, and they didn't see him this year. Everyone else, they had the, they had pretty much everyone else's number. They blew out everybody this year. They scored a lot of points this season, but they didn't 10? run it. Ugh. They like they abandoned the run, and um, and I, I, you know, 
They've got some great players, and it was a really good first season under Lamar's new way of doing things with a new offensive coordinator. And what a disappointing finish. No other way to describe it for the Ravens, who now watch the Chiefs move on again. And Mahomes has now bagged Lamar and Josh Allen, and he's gotten Burrow once. And anybody that's coming at the King has been getting the horns. I know I just mixed my metaphors. But that's what we're talking about when we talk about the AFC at the beginning of this season. So many great quarterbacks, so many great teams. And look who's the one who's standing. Still. And you'll hear it from Kansas City, how the MVP award should be including postseason action Rich. as well. Rich. Okay, that's an overreaction coming up for our podcast later. <laughs> okay, very good. 844-204-RICH, number to the dial. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. I've got a top five list of top five moments of championship Sunday. And Mitchell Schwartz will be joining us in hour number three of this program. He knows what it's like to go to the Super Bowl and win one with the Kansas City Chiefs and what he must be. I'd love to... Get his thinking of what he's seeing of the Chiefs doing it again and maybe in the most impressive style that they have. And by the way, I'm not using style as a, tra- a Taylor Swift reference. It really has been quite stylish. I need to up, you know, update myself on all the song titles. No, you don't need to. I don't know any of these you things. You have no interest in it. I mean, right? we, so did don't do it. We, we beat that to death. Hour number three. I know, what do you think is going to happen in the next two weeks? The people are going to be biting so, the <laughs> stuff that we already did months ago. We're still here. Um, by the way, did you see American Airlines has created two flights? Oh, jeez. One from Kansas City to I Vegas Actually, and one from Vegas back. Cool. This is kind of cool to be you honest. You can't understand why this is getting on people's nerves or no. Uh, well, I don't understand. Why? Who cares? Flight number 18, uh, 1989 yep. is the Kansas City to Vegas. Yeah. And the flight from Vegas to Kansas City is number 87. <laughs> um, That's funny. 1989, as we all know, is uh, the uh, title of one of Taylor Swift's most popular albums. It is. The year she was born, right? And 87 is Travis Kelsey's number. Very good. And zero is the amount of care I put. <laughs> I mean, I think it's funny, but I don't really care. It's cool. I'm with TJ on this. I really don't. But I mean, I get it. it. How about that flight back? There are people that are actually going to care about it. 1220? 1220 AM? Well, I mean, the game should end around 7 o'clock at night. And um, the airport's right across the street, by the way. Yeah, it's close. You come right in. Well, what you got to do is you go back to your hotel, grab your bags, get to the airport. Maybe... uh, you know, not bad. I like it. Zip maybe in, you go. Maybe out. you go. You bet on nineteen. Kadarius Tony. Eighty-nine. Oh, no, no, no. There's no eighty-nine. There's no I, I, roulette. Okay, that's yeah, too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight and nine. Yeah, eight. You can do eight and nine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You can pick up the discs from Serrano. <laughs> eight and seven. Wow. Rich. Double that's down. That's a great Vegas reference there. <laughs> Hour three coming up. <laughs>